Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. WTLC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Tuesday, October 31st. It is Halloween. Hope everyone has a safe and happy one. Um, It's going to be a chilly evening with the possibility of a light dusting of snow, no doubt. So if you are taking the little ones out for trick-or-treating this evening, please make sure they are bundled up and dressed warmly. Also, don't forget Radio 1 Indy is joining the Indiana State Fair for our safe indoor Halloween. Halloween party again this year. Uh, That's going to be tonight at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. Uh, We're going to be at the Indiana Farm Bureau's Fall Creek Pavilion from 5 until 7 p.m. Everything is free, including parking, and it's for children 12 and under. Again, everything is free. It is inside. It is safe. Uh, Children 12 and under and their families are all welcome to attend. So come on by, say hello to us, and grab uh, some free treats for the children uh, where it will be warm inside, if that is your choice for this evening. Again, it's at the fairgrounds, Fall Creek Pavilion, uh, from 5 until 7 p.m. Now, for those of you venturing out this evening, rocking at old school, if you will, uh, trick-or-treating for Indianapolis and Marion County is tonight from 6 until 8 p.m. Um, as I was saying, it is going to be a cold one. So uh, be prepared and, and please uh, stay safe. Uh, IMPD and other law enforcement um, are going to be out and about, uh, you know, making sure that everyone stays safe. So uh, please do that. And don't forget, um, the fire department um, is also going to host trick-or-treating, uh, which is going to be taking place at all 43 fire stations throughout Indianapolis. Uh, and uh, so... Um, they're going to have a good time for the youngsters as well. And they will have their uh, their trick-or-treating during the same time frame, 6 to 8 p.m. So um, that and, of course, uh, I can't, too numerous to list. Uh, a number of churches and other community organizations are hosting a trick-or-treat or trunk-or-treat parties um, as well. Finally, families are encouraged to review uh, the following safety tips. Wear light-colored clothing. Uh, I know that because it's going to be cold, a lot of the uh, uh, youngsters are either going to be wearing their coats inside their costumes or outside their costumes. Just make sure uh, that if you are outside going door-to-door, that you can be seen. Um, make sure that they can see well through whatever uh, face mask they may uh, have or may be wearing. And uh, as always, adults should accompany uh, children and especially children with special needs. Um, if you have to be out and it's dark and you can't see, carry a flashlight. You know, just a whole lot of common sense. Uh, everyday safety measures. As always, don't go into a store fully in costume because stores don't like that. That makes them nervous. And so, too, do toy guns and things of that nature. So, 
pay attention to the temperatures. Check out all your options. There's nothing to say you can't do everything. Uh, you can't hit it all. You just have to time it just right. But uh, at least uh, we have the information for you uh, so that you can be prepared. So, again, uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Stay warm, stay safe, and uh, enjoy uh, the evening uh, with the youngsters. Um, on the show today, uh, today, October 31st, is also the one-week timeline, I guess. One week, yeah. Exactly one week from today uh, is Election Day. Exactly one week from today, seven days, Election Day. And a little later this hour, we're going to talk elections and the importance of voting in those elections with veteran campaign strategist Miss Cordelia Lewis-Burks. Um, also today, Tuesday, October 31st, I tell you what, this is a, a packed day. Uh, this is also the trade deadline for the NFL. Um, our sports contributor from the Indianapolis Recorder Danny Bridges uh, is going to join us today to share any insight in what the what the Colts may or may not do, as well as, uh, you know, the Pacer season is underway uh, now. And so he's probably I know Danny's going to have something to say about that as well. Um, uh, Thursday, another programming note reminder for you on Thursday. Uh, we will be doing our show live from George's Restaurant out on Benford Boulevard on the northeast side. Uh, this is the annual uh, Moselle Sanders fundraising luncheon uh, that has been held uh, for so many years and, and started ever so brilliantly uh, by the great Amos Brown. Uh, to help with the Moselle Sanders. And so we have all taken it upon ourselves to continue with that tradition. And I will be doing my show uh, live uh, out there uh, in um, in full, uh, full effect. It, it, it's always a fun time, especially around elections. And I have to tell you, I went to a number of these luncheons that Amos hosted. Not only did Amos host the luncheon, he would uh, have his show there as well. And um, this luncheon would a lot of times be around election time and Amos would he would get to it he would get to the to the candidates and uh, the the incumbents the challengers everybody and he just uh, he had that uh, that microphone and that that, that recorder uh, going from table to table and uh, making sure that he ha uh, had heard from everyone so uh, I, I, I Amos could only only Amos could do that but um, I have heard that there will be a number of politicians there, and we certainly have every intention of talking to each uh, and every one of them if we can uh, during the show. So, again, live show, special live show coming up this Thursday, day after tomorrow, uh, out at George's for the Moselle Sanders fundraising luncheon, the Moselle Sanders Thanksgiving Day dinner, of course, one of the largest um, in the Midwest, if certainly not one of the largest uh, free Thanksgiving food giveaways uh, in the country. So um, that is, you know, that's that's uh, those are our announcements, so to speak, uh, as we, we head into the show right now. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Miss Cordelia at the bottom of the hour. Danny Bridges coming up uh, in the uh, second hour. Uh, wanted to continue with the conversation we started uh, yesterday. Just an absolutely uh, troubling, horrifying event, that mass shooting, uh, speaking of Halloween, I guess staying with the Halloween, um, that mass shooting at that Halloween party out on the northeast side, actually not too very far from where the Moselle Sanders luncheon is going to be at George's, if I'm correct. But um, anyway, 
Uh, IMPD is continuing its investigation into the mass shooting uh, over the weekend that left uh, a 16-year-old uh, dead. Um, they were live yesterday uh, during a press conference. We played that for you minutes after it ended. Um, and basically, they were, they were issuing a plea uh, to the community, to anybody and everybody, to please help them uh, find out more to, to, to bring these people to justice who, who created and caused uh, this, this horrible, horrible event. And um, again, 317-239-1310, uh, the lines will be open for a bit. Um, and while a few more details have been revealed, including uh, reportedly uh, investigators have found the social media party promoter. They have found the promoter uh, who was doing all of this on social media and, and kept it. He got it all, I guess, he got everybody all hyped up and didn't reveal this, the, the, the location until a few hours before uh, the actual party jumped off. Uh, that promoter reportedly is a 17-year-old boy. A 17-year-old is reportedly the promoter. Um, they have yet to identify. However, uh, you know, and I, I don't know the details of that. Again, that was that's just something that we 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 found out. I I don't know all of the details, but what they want is a suspect uh, in the shooting, or shootings, or suspects. Uh, they've yet to identify that, and again, continue. Um, to put out the call for help with that. Uh, meanwhile, during our discussion yesterday, uh, one of you uh, asked about curfew. And it was a good question, a very good question. Uh, what is going on with the curfews and why aren't they enforced? Well, apparently, um, our news gathering partners at WRTV6, they were wondering the same thing and took up that point and filed a report about it. Uh, let's take a listen to this report from WRTV. Today, IMPD urged parents to stay vigilant about their kids' social media use and asked for cooperation. WRTV's Amber Grigley spoke with two organizations that work with young people and shows us how a local ordinance is supposed to enforce when they can be out. No one deserves to die at 16 years old because they go to a party. Sentiments echo throughout the city hours after the mass shooting at a Halloween party filled with young people. Parents, I've said this before, you've got to know where your kids are at. IMPD says the unauthorized party was promoted over social media. And this is just a reminder to parents that you need to be locked into what your children are doing on social media. I think you can be the best parent in the world, um, but it doesn't come with a, with a rule book. So no matter what we do as parents, we can be helicopter parents. We can't monitor our kids every move. New Boy and Inner Beauty Program LLC were two organizations that reached out to IMPD in the wake of the shooting. New Boy and Inner Beauty, uh, who had several teens uh, attending that party reached out and said, what can we do to help? What do we do to provide these safe spaces? IMPD's call for parents to step up sparked a bigger discussion about citywide curfew for minors and accountability. Now, according to Section 381 of Marion County Ordinance, curfew for children 15 to 17 years old is between 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. on Sunday and Saturday, after 11 p.m. Sunday through Thursday, and before 5 a.m. Monday through Friday. It goes on to say a child younger than 15 should not be in a public place after 11 p.m. or before 5 a.m. 
set standards both Kareem and Crystal Hines say need better enforcement. Maybe, you know, there needs to be some help for these parents. Maybe we're looking at, you know, carpools or something, but something has to be done. And I know sometimes our parents are busy, but right now we have to incorporate that philosophy of not mine. We can't save every kid, but if every parent takes accountability and say, not mine, I will not lose my kid to the system. I will not lose my kids to the streets. I will not lose my kids to the Department of Child Services. I, as a parent, will step up and immerse myself in my child's world. In Indianapolis, I'm Amber Grigley, WRTV. Amber reached out to IMPD and counselor Dan Boots about curfew enforcement. IMPD says it's based on an officer's discretion. They encourage parents and adults to be responsible and hold their children accountable. Boots also echoed IMPD's message that curfews aren't an issue police can solve alone, especially when it comes to large gatherings. And um, almost the point I made exactly curfews are put into place and they are you know enforceable at the officer's discretion but it's it's contingent upon parents to learn what the curfews are and enforce them themselves and I, I say this again and I you know I hate to keep saying you know back in the day or whatever but for some reason or somehow and there there were five of I'm from a you know I had five there are five of us I'm one of five siblings my parents knew the curfew they learned it they found out. Um, what it was and held us to it. And so the person that called, I can't remember exactly. Do you remember who it was, Sky? Yeah, well, yeah, we're trying to remember who it was. I was going to say call us, call us back because you made you made a good point. But and again, the point about there being a curfew. But I strongly sense as well that at at some point in time, Parents are going to have to recognize that there is a curfew that's established and adopt it as your own. Adopt that curfew as your own. Hey, this is what the city says the curfew is. This is what uh, my curfew is. It's the same as the city's. And so let's let's enforce this and let's be straight. This is what time you're expected in. Um, I was I was struck by the, the fact that as she was reading all of the different stipulations of uh, the city's curfew ordinance, that no young, no child younger than 15 should be out after 11 p.m. No child younger than 15, uh, should be out after 11 p.m. And we know that there were reports of there being uh, children as young as 12 years old at that party. Uh, now, granted, the, the promoter, uh, a reportedly 17-year-old, Internet whiz, I guess, Internet wizard per promoter. Uh, but that's... Uh, yeah. In today's society, today's world, it, you know, out just out and about uh, 15 or younger, that's that's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. But anyway, I applaud Channel 6 uh, for taking a closer look at that, especially because of the, the, the people who were injured uh, were all between the ages of 16 and 21, I do believe, 16 and 21 or 24. So they're all very, um, all very young, uh, young people. So, um, uh 
that was the story. Uh, it caught my eye because I, I, you know, even though, and this is why I thank all of you who uh, call in and, you know, those are my friends from out of town or whatever that, folk, you know, you don't see and know about everything, even as much as you try. Uh, so as I was scanning uh, and going over some things, I saw that caught my eye and I said, oh, we just had a caller yesterday mention that. And it all gets back to parental responsibility. Uh, and I don't have a problem with saying and encouraging parents to step up and let's make sure that you know the curfew and make the curfew your own and enforce it. Now, is that going to solve everything? No. Is that going to solve? But it's a step. There's no silver bullet. But is if we start doing things that we know are, are positive, that that we can at least say, well, check that box, you know, they were in, curfew, blah, 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 then then that, that goes a long way toward the overall picture. So uh, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Uh, Lynn, go ahead. How are you? Hi, Tina. It was me that asked about the curfew. Yesterday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I couldn't remember your name. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good, yeah, and again, I didn't disagree with you. I didn't disagree with you at all. Well, mm-hmm. those are, that's crazy. So, 11 o'clock, and then, what was it, 1 o'clock? No, that, that's part of the problem right there. Any child, any minor, I would say 9, 10 o'clock, Friday, Saturday night, Sunday, maybe 8 o'clock. But 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, no. What kind of curfew is that? So, you're saying the curfew, well, even though it's established and it exists, you think the curfew is too lenient? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for a 17-year-old to be able, even though it was all on social media, how mm-hmm. is a 17-year-old even able to get a facility, you know, to even host anything? Yeah. Well, from I, you know what? I didn't follow exactly that. that but apparently it's an industrial complex, right? And so there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing zoned, uh, you know, like for whatever. And I guess that was subleased. So, you know, it was a string of what have you, but they, they find ways to get, they get around stuff. They find ways. So Yeah, they, yeah, they do. But they do. I, at this point, you know, go after everybody. The, the 17-year-old, mm-hmm. his parents, whoever his parents are. The facility where he rented it from. Yeah, I think um, the facilities, the owners, and the subletters are all. I think they're all in the same soup. You know, I, I don't think any of them are going to get uh, get away uh, unscathed. There's something's going to happen there because there were some things that went on in terms of just leasing that building, which was not supposed to have been leased. Just the fact that it was leased. Uh, to an event like that, I think was uh, against the law. So there, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. I and again, I, I all of the fine particular, but I wanted to, you know, to to get uh, the conversation back to the curfews, which is what you brought up. And um, I, you know, my long-standing, long-held belief is. Uh, they exist. Parents have to embrace them and make them their own. And if, if you know that the curfew is uh, 11 for a 15-year-old, you're like, you know what? Your curfew is the, the city says the curfew is 11. This household says the curfew is 10 or 1030. So you have to be in before or whatever. That's that's the kind of stuff I would hear. Like, um, yeah, this is what they say. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the kids that were at this party, 
They were all minors, I think, except for the 21-year-old, I think it was. Or... Yeah, I think it was It was either 16 to 21 or 16 to 24. I can't remember. 16. Oh. To, but anyway, yeah, it was a very small, uh, it was a lot of young people. So my question is, mm-hmm. okay, come 11, midnight, 1 o'clock, were these mm-hmm. parents not wondering, you know, why why their child's not home? Or why is this party? You know, I, 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 it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell what the culture is in that in that in each household. You, you just don't know. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, but the curfew is is was a good point. I thought it was a good point you made. I thought it was a good point that uh, Channel Six kind of zeroed in on. Uh, and again, it's uh, it's an important piece of the puzzle, no doubt. And um, someone we'll knows. See. Someone knows the seventeen year old who. Who had the, 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 well, I, the, the police know on now, I do believe. They know who it is. That well, Tracking down that kind of stuff on the Internet isn't hard. They, you know, they've got yeah. cyber security. They've got cyber teams that can do that in a New York minute. But they they still are at a standstill as far as a suspect. You know, who, who shot who shot up the place? Who did it? That's yeah. they, they want to know that they I think they can easily trace the um, the Internet stuff. Uh, but, well, hopefully there's cameras. There should be cameras, too. Um, there could be, yeah. Well, yeah, depending on what, yeah, 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 it could be. That's an industrial area. I know exactly where that's at. I do, too, and there's there's nothing well, there that would indicate party or nightclub or anything, you know, food, drink, things that go along with, the, uh, you know, a party type of place or party atmosphere, so. But I'm sure there's cameras in those parking lots, Um well, we'll see. I'm sure they're, they're if they are, I'm sure they're checking them. So hopefully, we'll we'll find out. We'll find out sooner rather than than later. All right, Miss Tina. Thanks. Keep doing what right. you're doing, girl. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate you. Three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. Three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. Lynn uh, brought up curfews uh, during our discussion yesterday as we were following up that mass shooting uh, that that uh, that took place at the Halloween party. Um, and and so many young people were more than a hundred young people uh, were in a space in an industrial park uh, strip mall there um, on the northeast side just off Benford uh, Boulevard. Uh, William, go ahead. How are you? Well, hello, Miss King. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. Uh, I think we just need to start putting it out there like it is. They need to start locking up these parents that these kids are out here like this because that's neglecting those kids, really. Uh, first of all, they're not being parents to them. I mean, you, I mean, I don't know. Like you say back in the day, and I'm back from your day. Actually, I was at your first wedding. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, you know, these parents are not being parents. They're being friends to them. And they know them kids is out doing whatever they're doing, but the parents is out doing what they're doing, so they don't care about those kids. So they need to start enforcing. When when you get in that type of situation, the parents should definitely get in trouble. Mm. And they need to take some parenting classes, be court ordered to take parenting classes, to uh, go through... uh, some type of drug program, because mm-hmm. most likely they might be on that also and don't, really don't care. But And we need a whole lot of prayer. And we need a whole lot of older folks to start mentoring these young parents if you know them and you see this is going on. I mean, I'm sure they got older people in their family to see what's going on and try to 
maybe they should try to talk to him. Maybe they don't. Yeah. That's my opinion on this. I mean, because well, these, you know these, what? Go ahead, you man. know what, William, though? And, and thank you. Thank you for your call. I appreciate that call. Um, what what you know, we talk. And that's why I say I really don't like to hearken back too much too often to back in the day. Sometimes it's relevant. Sometimes it's not. And I think in in certain situations and in, in certain ways with this particular situation, I don't think a lot of that is is as relevant as we would hope it would be simply for the fact that there is social media. You see the power. You saw the power of social media. You saw how a 17-year-old reportedly is a reportedly a 17-year-old manipulated social media to the point where there was money to be made, a party to be had, and any beefing that took place was going to So in in that regard, um I I don't think that you know, as much as much of it is as relevant as it could be, although there's always something that can be applied universally. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with good parenting. That's universal. But when you're competing with a monster like social media, we, we got to keep thinking. We got to keep trying to figure it out. Like what in the world? How can you know, how can we how can we break through and get, uh, you know, get some sanity injected into some of these situations? Because, frankly, a lot of this is insane and it's out of control. Go ahead, Anonymous. Uh, hi, Sam. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, you know, these guns, it's is, is, is pathetic, you know, and, and these people taking mm-hmm. these guns and shooting. Uh-huh. All these innocent people, mm-hmm. very, it's getting outrageous. Uh, not only did, you know, this incident... Uh, I, I think prior to this last incident where this child got killed, there was a child, I think, too, as well, over mm-hmm. at a speedway that got shot about a two, maybe a week or two prior to this incident. And I think he was 15, 16 years old. But they found him, they found him at a speedway. I can't think exactly where that was. But nonetheless, uh, I was calling you, Tina, because... I have a situation that uh, I may need your advice on, and it pertains to uh, an incident that happened with my daughter at school. And uh, the incident uh, uh, was about uh, a girlfriend and boyfriend, and she was kind of taken up for one of her friends. And the, the friend of the brother... Uh, had threatened my daughter, and not only did he threaten her, he threatened my wife as well. But he put this on video. And when he put it on the video, he sent the video to my daughter and with this gun. Now, this type of gun that he has, it has a laser on it, and, you know, it's a full clip. And so I immediately, when I received it, or she showed it to me, I called the people at the high school. Now, she goes to North Central, and she's a freshman. And uh, I immediately advised those people there, and they, it was just so pushed back, like, you know, and I I was outdone, you know. So I called the police and had them to come to my home to show them the video as well. Well, uh, yeah, one of the, the, the policemen that I called, he came to the house, and I showed him the video well. He just made out a report. 
And when he made the report out, uh, he said that the detective would get in touch with him, which he did. So for you know, I, I went by the book, but I was I was out there because the fact of it is, is that this kid had this type of gun, and then not only did he, he well. What made me upset about it was that when he told that he was going to shoot my daughter and my wife, you know, now come to find out the boy didn't go to the school. He was the brother of a boy that went to the school. But the people at the school were saying that, that you know, they really was out of their jurisdiction, which is, is probably right. You know, they're only there to protect the people at the school. Mm-hmm. But I, my concern was, well, you have a threat here, and this boy is showing you what he is going to do, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and as well uh, with, with the type of gun that he's going to do it with. Mm-hmm. Now, I, my concern was, well, it, uh, it, if he carries out this threat, he could shoot my daughter and wife mm-hmm. anytime, you know, whether she's going to school or getting off the bus. And while my wife is there waiting or whatever, right, right. you know, so that was my concern. And I'm telling the police, I said, well, look, I, as a father, I'm going to try to protect my family. I don't want to hurt this boy, but on the same token, he's threatened to hurt my family. So now where am I, what am I to do? Because when I told him exactly what I would do, now I'm being accused of making an assault. What did you tell him you would do? That if, if, if I was to see the boy, or even if he's around there, but I see something that, that, that's going to happen to my daughter or my wife, that I was going to hurt him. Well, you can't do that. You told the police I that? that. You told the police I, that? I told, I told, I, I understand that, Tina. I understand what you're saying, Okay. Now, in the same breath, I said, well, you know, he's explaining to me on a video or to my daughter, he's going to kill her. What is that? I said, now, what am I to do? Okay. So So what's your question? What's your question? uh, What am I to do? Because he is still. It sounds like you did everything you were supposed to do. I did. Okay. Well, then, I, I, then I have you know, heard. sadly, that's uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, unfortunately. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. That, that, that leaves a. Um... That leaves a little, it leaves little room for much assurances. Uh, but you followed the, the pro, you know, you're the protocol. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. You reported it to the school. You reported it to the police. Uh, the police have a report. They have him on record. Um, they, you know, you, they even know what kind of gun. Where you went off the rails was you told the police that if you saw him, 
that you were going to hurt him. Uh, and that's that's premeditation. That's that's pre that's planning and premeditation. So you're putting yourself in a situation where you have verbalized that you intend to break the law. And I I, I really can't imagine how frightening it is. I know when my daughter uh, was in junior high, there were you know the social media wasn't as as prevalent as it is now. But there was some stuff and some some girls said they were going to jump her when she got off the bus. And and all kinds of things. And you work that, you know, you don't like it. You you feel like you're going to. But once you verbalize that, then you have put yourself in a position where you have created a record for yourself. Now, I, I know what you're saying. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know how we're when we're angry and we're feeling frustrated. There's nobody that can tell us that we shouldn't feel that way. The difference is you don't cross the line and tell law enforcement what you're going to do, because once you tell law enforcement that if you see somebody, you're going to hurt them, that is that you're basically letting them know that you've got a premeditated crime already in your head. If I understood what you said correctly, and I let you say it twice. So I I don't know. I feel for you. I really do. It's it's frightening. It's scary. I feel badly for you. But you cannot, um, you know, you just can't do that the way our laws are set up. You can't. You can't. We'll be back with more Community Connection right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Um, it's a conversation definitely that we can uh, we can continue. Uh, but right now, as I was saying at the top of the show, Election Day is one week from today. Our next guest is no stranger to politics, elections, campaigns, voting, and more. Speaking of campaigns, uh, among other things, she is currently chairing the re-election campaign for Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett. But there's so much more, much, much more uh, to Miss Cordelia Lewis-Burke. She joins us now. Welcome back, Miss Cordelia. How are you? Well, I am well, and I thought that was an interesting conversation <laughs> that preceded me. Uh, it is one that every parent should think about. Yeah. Both of the call-ins. You know, I always knew where my son went. David Lewis is my son, played mm. basketball at Tech, but I knew where he was at 11 o'clock. Mm. <laughs> I knew where he was at 9 o'clock. Okay, okay. There you but go. However, I'm here to talk about this uh, marital race, and I'm here to remind the voters and our listeners who has been their friend rather than somebody a Johnny come lately you know I was thinking about the uh, the saying you might want to keep the devil than you got than the devil you don't even know mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's had a lot of commercials on the air so uh, so be it but you know Tina um, recently Mayor Hogsett uh, was endorsed by the Indiana Chamber of Com- uh, Indianapolis Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, we uh, we mentioned that on the show before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, uh, his challenger, with his Republican and business background, was hoping that endorsement would go to him. But it says a lot when the Indiana Chamber endorses the mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, the mayor is not a millionaire. Mr. is a challenger is always saying, I'm not running against him because he's a Democrat. No, he's running against him because Sharif is, is, a, is a millionaire. And he can buy more commercials and on Facebook and on the different channels as he can. But the mayor is a public servant, and that's who he has been since he has served uh, as mayor of our city. Miss um, Cordelia, I have a question. Um, yes. And again, like I was saying, and in the interest of full disclosure, in case you didn't know, Miss uh-huh. um, Cordelia chairs uh, the reelection campaign for uh, for Mayor Joe Hogsett, and and I I certainly get all of that. But let me ask you: the, uh, the we were talking yesterday and last week and the week before that about the record amount of money, the record amount of dollars raised uh, and spent on this particular mayoral race. There has never been a race this expensive uh, that probably has waged on uh, is probably waged on this long. He he came uh, the the challenger to the mayor uh, Jefferson Shreve came out uh, very early. So why why in excess or upwards of twenty one million dollars. Why that much money um, being raised and spent on this particular campaign? Can you? I know you, you're a veteran. You know you've seen things, huh? I'll take a shot at it. Okay. The okay. uh, one thing, uh, the mayor's challenger is spending out of his own pocket thirteen point three million dollars. Mm-hmm on this campaign, and then his contributors, uh, like the former CEO of Lilly, has put in a bunch of money. Now, let's 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 be sure, you know, uh, Mayor Hogsett has friends who wants to see him reelected, like the Simons, uh, who has uh, contributed to his campaign. But, Tina, let me say this, and to our listeners, the Republicans had wanted to take control of this city ever since... Uh, 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 Mayor Ballard could not run again. Now, um, but Joe Hawk has had. Hogsett has been there, and there have been a lot of developments in our city. Uh, we may have forgotten many of them, but uh, the infrastructure that he has uh, put money in, and all, and and all of that didn't come from the state because we get very little from the state of Indiana for our streets and infrastructure. Uh, the counties outside of Indianapolis or Marion County. Uh, is uh, appropriated more money for their streets than Indianapolis is, although we put the most money in gas tax and miles traveled. So um, they have wanted to take control of the city. You know, there is a cliche that Marion County is a Democratic county, uh, but uh, they found a millionaire who had the money to run up against the mayor. Mm-hmm. So that is where the money is coming from out of his own pocket. Because let me tell you something, Jefferson Street has never been elected to anything. He was on the city county council because he filled the vacancy. He ran for the Indiana State Senate, and he lost to, to Jack Sandlin. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess if he wasn't... Now, why didn't his district re-elect him? He said he paid attention to his district in, in uh, the uh, southern part of the city. Well, why didn't they re-elect him as, uh, re-elect him as a city county counselor? Yeah. Or why didn't they elect him as a state senator? Yeah. Then he could be over to the legislature knocking down everything the city of yeah. 
of Indianapolis is doing and our city council and our mayor. So, because there is no home rule. Mm-hmm. There is no home rule. The legislature takes control of everything, and that, that's another reason he's spending money, because he feels like he can go to the legislature and get things that Joe Hoxett couldn't get, because Hoxett is a Democrat. Um, okay. Um, but let me ask you, let me ask you this. Um, the the fact that the, the money, I, I want to I get back to, uh, from server reconnect, okay. Uh, let's take a, uh, let's take a quick break right here. We'll be right back. We, we got to take a quick break and we'll come okay. right back. All right. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Our guest, Cordelia Lewis-Burke, she is a Democratic strategist, well-known of Democratic veteran, uh, and the campaign uh, chair for Mayor Joe Hoxett's re-election campaign. Miss um, Cordelia, we were talking about the money uh, and, and, and the money being spent. Are you concerned at all that, because, you know, regardless of, of whatever, Shreve sold his business for, what, $590 million. Uh-huh. And so because he has all this money thrown around, the mayor, if he, the mayor is going to be competitive, the mayor's got to match him as best he can. And therefore, you know, as, as the, the, the millionaire throws the money out there, the mayor has to figure out how to counter that to keep the message and just, you know, to keep it somewhat on an even playing field. Are you concerned that this particular model uh, is uh, unevening the play? playing field, so to speak, for those who just want to serve but may not have the millions to change the game the way it appears as if the the millions behind uh, one of the candidates has changed uh, things, making it this historical, historically uh, expensive, you know, financially ridiculous mayor's race. I mean... I- I am concerned, and I'm sure campaign finance. I know my mayor is concerned, but you know he is hoping. And what I am on the air today to do is remind the voters of the city of Indianapolis that Joe has been here. Now, even though he is a candidate for re-election, he he's also the mayor of this city, so he has to spend much of his time uh, doing things for the city as mayor. Are you concerned uh, that the election is going to be close and that, you know, perhaps there could be an upset here? Are you, is, are the, I am, you know, I'm is Polling that close, and many mm-hmm. of your voters will remember uh, this person I'm about to name. You know, people ask me how do I feel, and what about the polls? Well, I'm not going to tell you. But Bernetta Sloss Tanner, who mm-hmm. was a mm-hmm. employee of Radio One with her show Gospel mm-hmm. Music, mm-hmm. used to always tell me, "Baby, the polls mean nothing." Because the polls are an opinion, a preference, right. uh, but they are they are no indicator of voter turnout. You know, just the, the weather, it, you know, all kinds of things could impact voter turnout. Uh, so you, you, there's faint. You, but the fact that maybe there's 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 daylight or there's room for Shreve to wiggle in. And let's just forget we, we talk about this all the time. Um, as well, especially during this race, how the uh, the underdog that uh, nobody really knew much about or whatever uh, upset the giant. 
You know, and, and uh, Peterson had the money. Peterson. Bart Peterson and, uh, had I'm the gonna money. I'm going to tell you, Bart Peterson loved the city, and he loved being mayor. Yes. And he thought he was doing all of the right things for the citizens. But that tax increase that the state legislature passed did him in. It wasn't his fault. It was the state legislature, the Republican-controlled state legislature. But it did him in. So, uh, you know, yes, I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, I haven't talked to the mayor in a couple of days but yeah well I, it seems there's the staff you know there's a recent announcement were you familiar with the recent announcement concerning taxes uh made by shreve it was just kind of reminiscent did, indeed but uh, you know, the, kind of reminiscent of that play that was made right before you know that that took uh, peterson out you know, the mayor lowered our taxes in this past year. Property. Because yeah, property of the, taxes, the uh, increase in taxes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Tina, I used to, when Mitch Daniels was governor, and he was going to lower the taxes, and he was going to take care of the schools, and I kept telling people, come on, don't believe that, because when your property is assessed or reassessed, your taxes will go continue to go up. And the state reassesses the property taxes, and they are the ones who set the standard for increasing the taxes. What it, what it did was lower the amount of money that our schools and our libraries and, and several other um, uh, items uh, got from, tax, from the, the local tax dollars. But, uh, you know, the taxes can go. He, the, the legislature dictates how the taxes are in the state of Indiana and in our cities. Mm -hmm. You know, the, one, one of the criticisms, uh, I, I guess, critiques. He's saying that he's going to lower the property taxes. Well, he's going to, he thinks he's going to do, mm -hmm. just like he has said he was going to do about gun control, mm -hmm. is go to the legislature and have them do something because he is a Republican. Now, you know, when he was on the council, he voted against uh, no turn on red. Yeah. So in order to take care of him doing this, his candidacy for mayor of Indianapolis, at the end of this legislative session, they approve no turn on red. Mm -hmm. uh, they they indicated that the city could not have an ordinance for low turn on red. Here's so he thinks he's going to go to yeah. the state legislature and did, and ask and beg them to do the things that he has said he would do during the campaign. Yeah, yeah. And again, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, our guest, Cordelia Lewis-Burks, uh, is the uh, the campaign chair for re-elect uh, Joe Hogsett. So um, there there we have that. And, and, and we appreciate you being here with us, Ms. Cordelia. One of the other things... Um, uh, observations of this particular race was that a number of the issues, especially during the debates, a number of the issues that were being bantered and maybe some of the solutions or what have you about had nothing to do with, and they were talking about too many issues that had nothing to do with the purview of the mayor of the city of Indianapolis. They, yes. you know, it had to do with this and it had to do with that. Has Mayor Hogsett done a good enough job of you know, you know, we, uh, you know, the people in the media and everything, we understand it and, you know, maybe comment on it. But I'm not sure that that the mayor has done uh, as an effective a job as perhaps he could of letting uh, voters know that this has nothing to do with the mayor's office and this has that. I've not heard that conversation come out of Mayor Hogsett. Now, am I missing something? 
No, the mayor, I, I'm not uh, aware of the mayor emphasizing uh, what is not in the purview of the, of the, of the mayor. Of the, mayor, of the officer mayor. And so, yeah, and so what I'm saying is that uh, the challenger has, has thrown out a lot of things, um, a lot of proposals and a lot of compromise, you know, not compromises, a lot of proposals and a lot of campaign issues and promises that have nothing to do with being the mayor of the city of Indianapolis. And, you know, Mayor Hawkshead has answered those. But I'm not sure he has taken yes, enough time to emphasize that this this doesn't have anything to do with being mayor of Indianapolis. That's I mean, right. so why is that? Is that a, a deliberate, uh, you know, avoid avoidance, I guess, or is he just thinking well, in another line? Just to emphasize the what he has done as mayor of the city. Mm-hmm. Okay, and not what Shree is is uh, purporting to do mm-hmm. because he knows it cannot be done. You know, the mayor tried to get uh, the uh, and and the city county council tried to get the, uh, rents not to go up so high. Yeah, yeah. And the legislature came back and said they they had no control over that. Right. Yeah. You know, even my friend Ann Stack is a is death on climate change, mm-hmm. and we tried to get the. Uh, uh, plastic bags, uh, mm-hmm. stores not to use plastic yeah, not to, bags, mm. and the legislature said, no, you can't do it. So many of the things that the mayor has tried to do, the legislature has come back mm. and, and, uh, not allowed he and the council members to do yeah, that. I, I just don't know if he's blown that horn loudly enough. I don't think he has because, you know, I, as much money as he has put in infrastructure. Right. Mm-hmm. And money in the campaign. That Mr. John Licklider from Eli Lilly had to go all the way to 56 in Pennsylvania to complain about the, the street in that one block. I drove that block yesterday and made a right town turn on mm-hmm. Washington Street, and Washington Boulevard was very smooth, but um, the the uh, the legislature does not appropriate the correct, in our opinion, the mine and the mayors and our council and many other officials, yeah. the amount of money to Indianapolis as they to do to the the counties in the state. So, will we be seeing the mayor address any of that? Um uh, in the, these closing days, these last seven days, or is he going to stay the course? I didn't. I heard a phone ring, so I didn't I'm understand sorry. you. No, I said, will we be seeing the mayor uh, explain what you just explained and what you know we've been talking about? Will we be seeing him address any of that in the coming days? Well, you know? I'll be on the or will I is he going to him and telling him that our citizens need his emphasis on what he has done and what the legislature will not allow him to do? Yeah, will we be here, or is he going to stay know, the, the course? The legislature, yeah. in, and I will say this because I was a lobbyist, and I don't owe anybody in this town, nothing, including Joe Hogsett, with respect. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, the legislature, when he tried to uh, bring changes with these apartment building owners when uh, uh, mold was in the buildings and they didn't have hot water or they would let the gas be turned on, the legislature prohib- prohibited him from doing anything because of the the uh, landlord registry over there at the city county building. You you know, we have to, and I'm going to tell you, our black legislative caucuses have not 
not done enough to indicate how their hands are tied because we have a Republican-controlled legislature. Huh? And the redistricting uh, that the state does allows that, that to happen. But well, they need to indicate as well, and our city county councilors need to do that as well, to say how their hands are tied by the Republican-controlled state legislature, because they're getting kickbacks or contributions from these uh, organizations. Now, let me say this to you. Eli Luna never gave a dime to Julia Carson as a contribution. And I looked at John Licklacker on here telling me, my fellow citizens, how to vote. They never never gave a dime to, to uh, Congresswoman Julia Carson. And I have not seen, in looking at the uh, contributions list, where they have given anything to Congressman Andre Carson. So, you know, John Licklacker, they don't need to be telling me how to vote. Well, first, I know how to vote because I read. I've got every newspaper from 19, uh, I mean, from 2020 that had Joe Hogsett's name in it in here in my office building because because I read everything. I read everything, and I know what Joe has done. And, you know, look like they're saying everybody is moving to karma. They are not. There was um, an article in the paper this week where a study showed that Indianapolis is among the 10 most desirable mid-sized cities that people are moving into. That's why we don't have any houses. Another one of the reasons we don't have any houses, because these investors are coming here, buying the houses, putting nickel uh, renovations on them, and and selling them at a high price. But this is supposed to be a mid-sized city, and our home prices are going up, our rental prices are going up, and let me tell you, uh, that is one of the reasons why some of our citizens cannot afford to buy the homes that are available. Yeah, I I have a couple of houses in my block, and I've got a shopping bag full of postcards and letters, and my phone rings. Uh, we want to buy your house. I had one this morning while I was putting my little notes together, and I just let this young man know I'm not interested in selling my house. Don't call me anymore because my house is in my estate plan for my grandchildren. Well, I tell you, my uh, my cousin had a really creative way of getting rid of those calls because, um, you know, how they, they approach you and say, um, what what what's it going to take? What name your name your price? Name your number, mm-hmm. and uh, she'll tell them seven million, eight million, nine million, or ten million. And she said they they said, well, I don't know if we can go that high. And she says, well, if you, you can't, know what I tell them, yeah, I want to buy yours, and yeah. this is how much I will give you for well, it. Well, that's that's another that's they another remedy. Me, it know. is, Miss Cordelia. We got to take a break, but I want to ask you when we come back. You talked about uh, voting. What and the question I'm going to ask is, what is it going to take this year uh, to turn out the vote? Uh, for the mayoral election. We'll be right back with more Community Connection right after this. WTLC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The 
McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here with our guest, Ms. Cordelia Lewis-Burks, um, a Democratic uh, campaign voting election veteran and also current campaign chair for the re-election of Mayor Joe Hogsett. We talked about a lot of things, um, you know, Ms. Cordelia. Uh, the candidates obviously are spending money hand over fist, uh, buying radio, TV. No, I don't have no money hand over fist. Well, money's being spent. <laughs> money, money is being spent. So let me ask you this. We, we, we know... The, the ads are out there. We know the events. We know the debates are all. Everything is done. What do you think it is going to take to get folks to the polls for this uh, off-year municipal election? Well, I'm going to say this. You know, I used to have a program called Operation Big Vote mm-hmm. where I was able to get the vote out. I am hoping that our uh city county councilors and of course the mayor's campaign and all democrats will uh precinct people and and elected officials in the democratic party will do everything they can to get the vote out and the thing that we must do and we're knocking on doors and we're making phone calls but you know one of the things that i encouraged our staff to to start telling people on the phones that Jefferson Street has never once hired an African-American person to the executive board of his storage express in 30 years of ownership. Now, he says he only needs 15% of Hawksett's normal vote to flip, and I'm hoping that that will not happen. Uh, The other thing is that I would like to express and let people, our voters, know, you know, during the... uh, riots here in Indianapolis. There's a lot of questions asked, where was the mayor? Well, he was at home keeping out of the way of the IMPD, but he was conversing with the officers and, and the chief on, on what to do, on what they were doing, and, and he was listening to what they said they were doing to calm down uh, these uh, protests here, which many of, of the protesters, as I understand it, nationally, were going Going from city to city, uh, creating chaos and destroying property. But you recall, Tina, that during that time, there was a lot of talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, the, many companies were saying what they were going to do, and they're going to hire this uh, Afri- uh, minorities. Well, I'm going to tell you that has not served for the Latinos or the African American communities. But I'm going to tell you, this mayor has kept his word about inclusion. He has the highest number of public officials yeah. working for him who are African-American and Latina that, that has ever been so, in the history of this city. So, so what do you think it is that people want to hear that will make them get up, go out and vote? Uh, for your candidate, of course, for the mayor or for Shriver, and make them get up and go. What I'm saying, and here's the reason that I asked Miss Cordelia. Uh, 
Saturday, um, and I've, I shared this, what is today, Tuesday? I shared this quite a few times yesterday. But um, I went to early vote, and it was about maybe 35, 40 minutes after the polls opened. Out, and uh, I voted out at the, uh, the Pike Township Library. It has never, ever, ever, in all the years I voted, because I don't miss an election, ever, ever, ever taken me 35 minutes to stand in a line that had snaked all the way back into the library, up one aisle, and then back around another one. That's how long the line was. That's how much interest there is or was there is that day in this particular election. When you got, when I got my ballot, there's only two choices. On, there's only two things on there. Yeah. So that for whatever re for whatever reason there, and I was really, really, really happy to see all of that. But I want to, and I, what I really would like to know is what is it? What's driving everyone here? What is what are people interested in? What is it that people want to make sure they get their voices heard in this particular election for this particular point in time? And I don't know that. All of the talking points that we seem to think that we're hitting, I'm not sure is is that if that's gonna what if that's what's going to emerge once this is all said and done. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and I hope the lines were full because uh, they were. Hogshead had been out there walking and knocking on doors in Pike Township last week. <laughs> well, I mean, I I I, I can't I, I don't know that. And that's I know it. you don't know who they were voting for, but I'm hoping no, I have no idea. Who they were. But I well, of course you would. Talk to yeah. the mayor tonight and tell him to emphasize what he has done. You know, Tina, no rich white man has ever done anything for black people and for poor white. <laughs> people. You know, the many programs, and I was looking at the, the other night at um, the uh, program that the mayor has started. We have emphasized and we kept calling on social services rather than police going into problem areas when there's a crisis. And he started a program for that. Uh, yeah, but again, you know, I, I see what you're saying and I know what you're saying. And I, I just want, what, what is it that people, what is it that folks are drilling down on and drilling down into regarding this particular mayoral race? Yes, he's done, um, you know, he's done a lot. And right here in our very studios, uh, when we did the first debate, uh, Jefferson Shreve said one of the most prophetic things I think he's ever said. I don't know if he's repeated it or not, but he basically admitted that this particular election is going to be one. The re the record is clear. He has the record because he's been the mayor for eight years. So there's a record. And, you know, there's all kinds of positivity in that eight years. But he's saying a record he's versus about the negative things. Uh, well, it's versus idea versus an more. idea. Uh, the record versus ideas. And Shreve represents ideas. So I guess what we have to figure out is how much value, how much emphasis are voters putting on the record and how much are they putting on the ideas? How much of Shreve is getting through? How much is of Hoxett is getting through? We won't know until Election Day what we no, do. We but what we do know and what I did see in my own unscientific just standing in the line survey is Folks want to say something about this particular election. I just don't know what it is. And I got a feeling that when, you know, when we have something as hotly contested, as you will, um, as this, I got a feeling that it, we, 
I, I'm not really sure what I can say about that, but I got a feeling it may come down to something that perhaps we overlooked or didn't emphasize enough or didn't think anything about. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure. But the interest is there. Uh, and um, ho- hold on just a second. We have, oh, go ahead. Uh, we have a caller that wants to, because you and I have been talking and I haven't yeah. gotten any callers in. Brother Man, go ahead. How are you? Hey, how y'all doing? You, you're doing a good job down there today, Miss Tina. And, oh, well, thank you. Uh, and that lady that you got working with you, she is right on point. Miss <laughs> Cordelia, Cordelia doesn't chew her cabbage twice. So she's... <laughs> you got to realize that any time they start helping black people, something might happen. They all trying to go against their cause. Gordon Hood, mm. uh, Joe, because he's helping black people. Well, let me ask you this, uh, brother, brother Man. Have you to help yourself. Have you voted yet, Brother Man? No, we going out on the seventh. I want to see how big the crowd is. Okay, it's so like me. yeah, you like to be in the mix. Yeah, you like to be in the mix. And if they deny me, I'm gonna raise hell. Okay, <laughs> so you like to be right there in the mix. What What does it take? What are you looking for in the mayor's race, Brother Man? I'm looking for what he said when he was at the church Sunday. He said he wants to finish the job. Okay. Most of the times you see Joe, he's with uh, all kind of people. And then somebody seen Jefferson Street, he's with a white woman and a dog. So <laughs> Brother he, ain't man. <laughs> he ain't trying to help no black people for yeah. sure. But I'm going to tell you one of the things that I really, really, really resent. I resent him using the devastation of our black mothers whose sons have been killed in his commercials. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, he knew nothing about black folks before he started running. And he's been going to black churches all of a sudden. and And I was, let me say this. I have the confidence of a lot of Republicans in high places who told me that he has been doling out money to some of our African-American ministers. Now, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just saying what I have been told. Okay, Uh, brother man. Yeah. Republicans who trust me, you know, not to divulge their names. I've been voting Democrat since 1960 when John F. Kennedy ran for president. Mm-hmm. I, I, I almost voted for Bill Hudnut because he was helping people. These guys nowadays ain't want to get in there so they can help those rich people so they won't have to pay as much taxes. That's what the Trump thing is, mm-hmm. getting in there, cutting the taxes for the rich. Yeah. And if these poor black people got any sense, they vote for somebody's gonna help them. Yeah, there you go, brother man. And I love the point that that you made. What whatever your candidate is, whoever your choice is, make sure that whoever you pull that lever for or push the screen for, as it is now, because we don't pull levers anymore, but that they are taking care of your interests. They are doing something on behalf of you in your personal interests. So uh, there's that. Uh, Sharon, go ahead. How are you? Hi, Tina. Good afternoon. I was listening to Miss Cordelia speak, and she is absolutely right because I came to the same conclusion that everything they're blaming uh, Joe Hawkins for is things he can do nothing about is stuff that the government, the state legislature has control of. Mm -hmm. And another thing with Justin Shreve, I've been listening to him 
he never has when someone asks him a question, he never comes up with an individual plan to the question. He can always just piggyback off of what Hall said is already done. But if you listen to him when he answers the question, he never answers the question directly. Have you voted yet, Sharon? Honey, I'll be there with bells on my toes. Okay. Bells on your toes. All right, Sharon, thank you for your input. I appreciate it. Sheila, go ahead. How are you? You want to talk about the mayor's race? I'm fine. How are you? I'm well. Um, I've been listening to both sides, and, of course, I'm leaning um, more for uh, present mayor. The only thing I wish he would do, I wish he would come out swinging a little bit more, and Mm -hmm, I wish he mm -hmm. would talk more about why we had the crimes. You know, they're trying to make it seem like it's his fault, but I want him to talk more about the gun laws that they passed, and I Mm. want him to talk more about how he is going out Mm. to the streets and what he's trying to do. So to me, I think they're playing it a little too soft and too safe, and this other team is hitting below the belt, and like you said, it might be something that wasn't said that our people are looking for, and I just wish he'd fight just just get a little tougher out there. Black an eye or something is what I wish he would do. I'm with you. Talking about, his, uh, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. getting yeah. aggressive, not physically, but I mean, I just wish he would. Just get, and I know that's not his demeanor, but I just see him be a little bit more aggressive. But I am voting for him, and I'm a, I want to be. I'm gonna be out there because I got to be out there and see the hype. So I'll be out there um, voting. So you know what? Thank you, Sheila. Uh, the um the interesting thing is I, I love the fact that, that so many people are calling and they just want to be there in the mix on the day. And that's yeah. all right, too. I, I love that confidence. I don't have it. I, I want to get mine in there. I will be out and about yeah. at those different places during the day uh, because I just I like being in that environment. So I get it. I get it 100 percent. But I'm just I know that I detect at the, the Culinary mm-hmm. Arts Center. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Place. I go because that board that comes in there at six o'clock in the morning and works until six or after in the evening. I appointed them when I was uh, uh, pre, uh, uh, chair, mm-hmm. vice chair of the state committee. So they look for me to come. <laughs> so, so Miss Cordelia, speaking, day, you know. speaking of which, how are we doing? What, what is what is it that you're hearing? Because I know your ears to the ground. Everybody comes to Miss Cordelia. Uh, what is it that you're hearing about the availability of volunteers, the availability of election workers? Uh, is there any uh, chilling effect from that mess that? That Trump and all of them started with the 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 two women, Shea Moss and and Ruby Freeman down in Georgia. Are people shying away from even thinking about it, or are folks saying, "Hey, I'm going to do it. I've been doing it, or whatever"? Or is is there? Have you seen any impact on any of that uh, well, so far? I, have you heard? In fact, I got a call this morning from uh, one of our Democratic women, and she said, "Cordelia, I'm going to be out there. <laughs> I'm out there now. I'm up at St. Luke's." Uh, passing out literature. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think that our workers and our volunteers know the importance of this election and that they're going to be out there. That it's something are, are we ha- do we have enough? So they're going to work. Do we have enough people to do the job? We never have enough, Tina. Mm-hmm. We never have enough. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, I think that... Um, the 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 message has gone out mm-hmm. that if we're not there, then we're going to have Jefferson Shreve 
as our mayor. So they're going to be there working hard. Mm-hmm. And I love, I think it was last Friday, I was looking, listening at your show, and there was a, a lady that called in, and she talked about his shifty eyes. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Harold, Harold, go ahead. You want to talk she to Miss She was going to vote for the mayor. She was going to vote for the mayor. Okay. That is, that is, uh, is what we need, is that uh, strategy and that we're going to get Joe Hogsett re-election. I, I like that people... With our community. I, I like that people are paying attention. that black don't rub off. Jefferson Slave just found out it didn't rub off because he had to have somebody in his commercials, you know. Okay, Miss Cordelia. Okay. <laughs> uh, Harold, go ahead. <laughs> you know you got a show going on today, everybody. Okay. Uh, me and my wife, we voted Sunday. Good at the uh, in Lawrence at the uh, Craig uh, mm-hmm. on Sunnyside, mm-hmm. and it took us maybe six minutes. Okay, I was not even long, you know. Yeah, but I, I'm hoping Joe will, will will win again, you know. And to say the truth, you know, after he wins this one, I think he should go on and do another one, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he uh, he said he made a, a personal pledge and and a, and a public pledge, uh, and he said it here on my show. He said it uh, on, during the debate right here in the studios, and he said it numerous times out on the campaign trail that if he you is know, reelected, uh, this will be his final. I know final term. when uh, when Avia Carson was running, uh-huh. Eric Dickerson, who had that car lot, he sold everything to try to be. Via Carson, then he ended up losing, and after that, you didn't hear no more from him. No, no. And you know the same way with this guy, Caesar. He done sold his business. You know, well, he could have turned the business over to someone and had them to operate the same way Trump done some of his hotels. You know, and who's to say he probably didn't sell none of his business? I I have no idea what his business acumen is. I I, I really don't know. I, I you know he I guess he had to report it five hundred ninety million, so upwards of a half a <laughs> half a billion, uh, and good for him. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, thank you for taking my call, and you're doing a good job. Have oh, a good thank, day. Thank you, Harold. I appreciate your call. Um, and uh, again, so Miss Cordelia, we gotta figure out um, because right after right after we finish with November seventh, we head right into the twenty twenty four, and we know that's going to be a doozy. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness, it will be. Yeah. And you know, I have my colleagues from around the country calling me because we still keep up with each other, especially those of us who were, were in the political action department. Uh-huh. And I sometimes I have to tell them, Tina, I know where I live. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I don't live in a red state. I live in Indiana, but I will do the best I can. And they don't, they don't understand why I keep working as hard as I do. But let me say to our listeners, I've got to, I had two children and I've got five grandchildren I've got nine great grandchildren mm-hmm. I still work because I don't ring up groceries I will leave them there in the cart before I will go out and select groceries <laughs> and, and ring them up and bag them up and pay for them. I'm not doing that I have left <laughs> over $300 worth of groceries in a cart and walked out of a store <laughs> okay. No, I don't do that uh, Ms. And Cordelia. I go down to CBS and they 
said, no, and here comes that lady. She's not going to, don't point her out to the machine. I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. Yeah. That's the way we have to be. And, le- and let me say this. You know, I'm a labor union retiree. I worked for the my union members, and I will never give up on them. And I am so grateful that UAW did the right thing, and they got uh, their contract in uh, uh, their collective bargaining that they asked for from General Motors and Ford and the uh, the company that bought Chrysler. So the workers will go and ratify and vote whether or not they want what the union leaders have gotten for them. Mm-hmm. And thank God for union members, because I'm like Joe Biden. It was the unions that made our country the middle class. There you go. The only uh, thing about it, we need to make more people, put mm-hmm. more people in the middle class, and Republicans don't do that, ladies and gentlemen. Your Social Security, they go on after it because that was the Franklin Roosevelt program. The Medicare, uh, that was, um, was Lyndon Johnson. So I have, I'm a Repo- I'm a Democrat because Republicans have never done anything for me, and I'm a coal miner's daughter. My daughter was a pastor of a 300 member church, but he worked down in the coal mines because he said the Bible said, "And by the sweat of your brow, your brow." And Tina, I appreciate you allowing me to come on. I will be talking to the mayor tonight to let him know that our community wants to hear him talk a little louder and yeah. a little bit forceful. Okay, we got one final caller before you. It sounds like you're getting ready to take off, and I know you got to go. But let's let's get I this. I don't have to go anywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I just want to take the whole show. Okay, go ahead, uh, anonymous. Go ahead. Hello. Yes. Yes. Hi. How are you? Oh, it's not me. Hello. Hello. Yes. Go ahead. Oh. Um, hello, everyone. I just want to say that I got a chuckle when uh, one of the callers uh, talked about how ministers were being paid, and it brought me back to when Rose McVeigh was running and paid a bunch of ministers, thinking he was going to win. Of course, he didn't. That's all. <laughs> um, remind Rose McVeigh. That name sounds familiar. Was he running? Did he run for Congress? He ran against Congresswoman Carson. Carson, yeah, Carson. Okay, okay. Yes. Anybody that ran, ran against Julia Carson, bless their hearts. Mm. That's the truth. They paid ministers quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to bring in the vote. Mm. I, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. I, the name sounded familiar, but I couldn't, I can't. Yes. I can't harken oh, back to that. Oh, I remember it. He had his, he had his office set up. Mm-hmm. He had his staff ready to go because he knew that those ministers were going to bring him the vote. It well, didn't work. They didn't but deliver it, huh? I just, I just remembered. Have that. you voted? Have you voted yet? I have not. I never do early voting. So you, I like you, have never missed it. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to vote on November seventh. Always. All right. All right. You're going to take somebody with you? Election day. You're take somebody with you. So that's what I say. Man, yeah. we got, yeah, I, I just, I just, I, I want voting. And thank you. Thank you very much for your call. My, my dream is that voting anywhere and everywhere, especially among African-Americans, becomes a reflex, an instinct. You know, something as simple as like blinking your eye, that it's just a, it's just a, you know, you just do it. 
uh, as opposed to having to be, con- you know, manipulated, not manipulated, but talked to and convinced and and all of that other stuff that it's just a reflex. It's a natural reflex. I'm, you know, hey, election, I'm voting. Election, I'm voting. Election, I'm voting. Net, I, I, I just wish that it would be that way. Uh, but if if convincing others and getting people excited about things is, is what we have to do to keep uh, the numbers up and the vote out, uh, I guess that's what we'll have to do. I mean, it's good to dream, isn't it? It is good to dream. However, uh, I get back to the state legislature, not only this one in Indiana, mm-hmm. but other Republican-controlled legislatures around the country. They're doing everything they can to keep us from voting. You know, I was at um, the minister, uh, Ministerial Alliance program last Thursday morning at the Jewel Center, where uh-huh. there was supposed to be a debate. Well, you know who didn't show up? The place was packed. Elder Rush had that place packed. You know who didn't show up? Jefferson Shreve did not show up, but Mayor Joe Hartsett was there. I'm going to tell you. And that's the second time he did that. Pre-primary, he walked in the door, walked over, and asked me what my name was. And I said, well, you know any Republican worth of this out? Know who I am, and I know who you are. But he did not participate in that bait up there at the Jewel Center that the Delta Sigma Theta sorority had pre-primary. So that's what he cares about, black people, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim, go ahead. Go ahead. You wanted to talk to Ms. Cordelia? I think you're doing a great job, and I really appreciate your passion, everything you're doing. I just love the great job that LaDonna Fing is doing. I love All the great right. job Amen. that Hall Tech is doing. I, like, I love the job that uh, uh, Faith Kimbrough is doing. Uh, they, uh, they're just doing a great job with just everything as far as meeting the needs of the community, you know, making sure that everything's going smooth. There's only so much Americans do, and, you know, we cannot – put the blame on the mayor for what's going on in our community with the gun violence. And that, that really comes from people, how they raise their family and their children. Amen. And how they discipline their children. And then, and then if you have mental people, you know, that they're allowing to get guns, that's not the mayor's fault, you know. And the bottom line is that we need to get out and vote. And then it's very simple. Just tell everybody everything you're going to do. And then, you know, if I was running for election, I would say the first year I'm going to do five things. And if I don't, I'm going to resign. The second year, I'm going to do six things. If I don't do it, I'm going to resign. The third mm-hmm. thing, I'm going to do my – I would just put down what I'm well, doing. Maybe we need and, to get and, you to run. And then I, I was I, – I <laughs> He's got a strategy, like, doesn't he, Miss Cordelia? That, that, yeah. that way you, that way you got to hold me accountable. I will sign it and notarize it and be public. I'm going to do these five things. If I don't do it the first year, I'm going to resign. Second year – and that way you hold these people accountable for what they need to do. But I think they're doing a great job. Uh, just point blank, and I really appreciate what y'all doing on the show. All, all right, Tim, thank you very much. Mr. Russell, we'll let you be the final call of this segment, and uh, then we, we got to go. Go ahead, Mr. Russell. How are you? Great program, great program. Uh, I think uh, that a lot of people are realizing that the major issue, uh, the elephant in the room, so to speak, uh, is who is going to control Marion County, as far as the Indianapolis mayor's race is concerned, mm-hmm. because uh, as been pointed out on on earlier on this program, you know the the issue is is it the the general assembly, the Indiana legislature, going to control Indianapolis, or are the people of Indianapolis going to control Indianapolis, and who is going to pay for the things that need to be done? You know, you have a lot of people that use the facilities of Indianapolis. They're not paying their fair share. 
you know, and it's, it's a lot of the payment is coming from the the, um, the poor people in Indianapolis that can sure. least afford to pay. So I think that is the, the the big issue that people need to look at. Who is in control? You know, everybody wants to rule the world. There's a song like that, you know, and there's also a song that is played on uh, uh, Radio One uh, quite a bit. It's called The Question Is. And they ask a lot of questions about, like, for instance, who is going to pay? Who is going to control? Uh, so that is the issue in this election. So I hope people will. Uh, have you voted? Have you voted yet, Mr. Russell? I have not voted yet, but I will be voting. All right, Absolutely. then. You're going to take somebody, take somebody with you. Take somebody and, uh, with you when you go. You know, this is Halloween. Trick or treat. We don't want the trick. <laughs> we definitely don't. We don't want to be caught up in any tricks. That's for sure. That's Absolutely. why we want everybody to get out and vote. Just vote. Get out. Get out and do it. Like I said, make it a, just just a natural reflex. Just just make it Absolutely. a natural reflex. Absolutely. Sure. And the fact that the Indianapolis Chamber of Commerce has mm-hmm. endorsed, in, uh, endorsed uh, the current mayor mm-hmm. is huge. It's yeah. huge because uh, they realize the uh, value of Indianapolis as a leader in this country, you know, so yeah, there it is. There it is. All righty. Thank you, Mr. Russell. Really appreciate it. Uh, Miss Cordelia, I want to thank you for uh, coming on, sharing with us. Um, as as with all folks who are, have candidates, I wish you luck as well. I wish you luck in the uh, in the campaign. Um, he couldn't have had a better person. Our city county council majority back in the city county council. Yeah, there. Uh, well, I is that in, that's not in jeopardy though, right? Well, I'm gonna tell you, I, um, I, I know a lot of people, and I know how they react and how they think. And with uh, John Licklider's full-page paid ad in the Indianapolis Star Sunday, I'm afraid that uh, our good uh, people up at 56 and. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania might come in and pull a straight ticket. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So that worries me. I have to think about things like that. Yeah. Well, I, you, my political background. I was going to say me. you have uh, you have quite an extensive political background, and trust your if anybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd listen to your instincts as well, uh, Miss Cordelia. So where where are you going to be election day? I'm going to be all over. <laughs> quite <laughs> frankly, I'm I'm I've told the staff I. I have uh, three gasoline credit cards. I will take uh, voters to the polls. I will do whatever needs to be done to see this man reelected and let him finish the, the work that he had planned to do when the COVID pandemic struck us. Because I know some of the things that he wanted to get done uh, that he hasn't been able, he wasn't able to do. And if he gets a third time, I will assure you, you will be even more proud of Joe Hogsett. All right. Miss Cordelia, thank you so much, as always, for sitting in with us. And we'll uh, we'll talk with you uh, after the election. And uh, Tina, yes, I, watch, I listen to the show when I'm not on it, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that. That's good to know. All right. Cordelia Lewisburgs, Miss Cordelia, uh, thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break. Danny Bridges with the Indianapolis Recorder is up next. NFL trade deadline today. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. 
And we're back with Community Connection again. Thank you to Miss Cordelia and everyone who participated in that conversation. Miss Cordelia always brings it, doesn't she? Uh, up next, uh, actually up right now, Danny Bridges with the Indianapolis Recorder. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey, 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 Is that uh, what you're going to address to me? You're not going to say good afternoon, Mr. Bridges? I didn't say that. <laughs> No, I don't think so. Well, good afternoon, Mr. Bridges. How are you? I am well today. How are you? I'm operating on a speakerphone, and I, it's embarrassing as to why, so just take my word that I have to. But <laughs> okay, I'm doing, okay. I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm loaded up on Kit Kat bars. I'm hoping I don't get a big turnout tonight so I can eat them all tomorrow. I was going to say, you're trying to save them for yourself? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I try not to do I try not to do straight sugar. Uh, I you know I either give out you know those individual popcorn things or uh, fruit and ju- your fruit and juice. Uh, 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 what is, fruit snacks? Fruit and juice snacks. Yeah. Yeah, they get straight sugar here. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they go home and bounce off their uh, parents' walls, that's their problem, yeah. right? Right. Well, and the only reason I don't is because I figure, hey, they're going to get enough straight sugar. Why don't I do something a little bit more creative? Well, so. that's the considerate thing yeah. to do. But I don't I don't eat a lot of candy, so uh, mm. they're welcome to as much as possible, and I'll probably dump a big load on the last guy or gal who comes by. Yeah. But I'm loaded up, and I'm ready. You're ready, ready. So what's going on today? Uh, what, what are the Colts going to do today? Anything? Are they going to be quiet? What's going on? I don't think there'll be anything significant occur for them. Um, it's easy to say, hey, trade for this guy or trade this guy away, but uh, contractual obligations, uh, how it impacts any draft capital you might have to give up to acquire somebody, those are all considerations. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the, uh, the Colts will make any significant moves today. In fact, so far I don't believe they've made any moves, but – there's still some time left today. I just don't believe anything earth-shattering is going to occur. Anything else major going on around the league, or is it a pretty quiet day? Well, the Vikings acquired Joshua Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals to be their quarterback for the balance of the year after Kirk Cousins, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. tore his ACL in the, over the weekend. So mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest move, um, that, uh, if, you, if you want to call it a big move, certainly a quarterback was on the move, and uh, you know he's played decent this year for the Cardinals. They're still tied to Kyler, Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and he's expendable, for lack of a better term, but uh, 
the Vikings aren't giving up is what they're trying to say. Look, they've got some quarterbacks on their roster with some experience, but they certainly feel this young man is more athletic and gives them a better chance to win, and they're going to try and do that. And So you have to tip your cap to them. It didn't cost them a lot. I think they traded six-round picks from from each other to get him, so it's it's not a big investment, but uh, who knows? So maybe he'll get an opportunity, a, new, a change of scenery, and play well. I was listening to uh, a, a sports show and, and – listening to uh, one of your colleagues that writes, no need to name him, but uh-huh. writes a column. And their takeaway from Sunday's game, when I, and I watched, and it was it was frustrating, not because we lost, but because of things I thought we could have done better. Uh, and that second half, I was just totally perplexed as to why Jonathan Taylor was basically benched. I mean, you know, he wasn't, but it felt like it because they only went to him, what, once or twice, and he was killing it in the first half. But anyway... Um, this particular sports writer, sports person, said that he was thinking, trying to trying to figure out what happened Sunday, and he says, oh, they're going to trade Jonathan Taylor on Tuesday. Or they just weren't thinking very much and decided to ram down a, uh, a, 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 you know, a game plan that they thought would work. I don't know. Doesn't seem like that he's going to get traded, not after they signed him. Uh, but was did you sense some stubbornness regarding the game plan and, and not an ability to adapt or go back to what got you there or kept you in the game? Well, once you get down 14 points in the NFL, the ball's going to go in the air. Uh, that, really, that really doesn't involve Jonathan Taylor much. No, I don't think he's going to be traded today. In fact, I'll donate $1,000 to the charity of your choice, Tina, if he gets if he gets traded, I'm that confident. I'm no, not no, no, no. I'm just saying it was an interesting point that this particular yeah. sports writer. Yeah, but you no, don't I, think I that. Mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna trade the guy, you wouldn't play him at all. You don't want him to get hurt. But uh, no, I, I I just think that it's easy to point fingers uh, when you're not playing well, and certainly they're not playing well. It's not a great football team. Doesn't have a lot of depth, and certainly. People want to see a certain plan change when things aren't going right. But when you're down 14 points, the ball is going to go into the air, and that's what they were trying to do, which leads me to what you and I exchanged some text messages about earlier today as far as there's a lot going on with this team, but defensively is really uh, it's really shoddy. And I don't want to hear about the quarterback, whoever the quarterback may be, when the defense is playing that poorly. Gardner Minshew threw a really bad interception in the game Sunday, mm-hmm. but he didn't allow 500 yards of total offense. He didn't play poorly at the cornerback position, and that's the bottom line with this particular football team. Uh, defensively, I've, I've got these numbers in my mind. I had it written down, and I lost my piece of paper. Three, they're 28th totally defensively in terms of statistics, and 32nd in points allowed, or vice versa, one of the two each way. So. Those numbers are staggering. Uh, things aren't really going to probably get a lot better for them from a personnel perspective. They've got what they've got at this point. Oh, I'm sure you could pick up someone off a waiver wire if they're kind of released, but generally talented players aren't in that situation to be acquired like that. So uh, it, there was, it was just really rough defensively. But New Orleans has some offensive talent. Kamara, obviously, is a good running back. The receiving cores are underrated. Derek Carr is an above-average quarterback. I wasn't surprised to see the Saints put up some offense 
I didn't think they'd put up 500 yards of it. And so, defense, what do we do? What do they do? you, You try to take what you've got and try to protect some of your weaker links in that process with a plan that hopefully puts you up against a team that can allow you to do that. Uh, you know, the next couple of weeks, the Colts are, obviously they're going to play uh, New England and what, Germany, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's a winnable game for them, but, you know, will they win? I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I think the best thing you can do is play hard every week. Don't play out of string and continue to fight as long as you're mathematically alive in the playoffs. You believe you can make the playoffs. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, it's not a playoff football team caliber-wise. But I would say that uh, if you get to a point when you're eliminated from the playoffs, then you start taking a look at some guys who are second and third string. That's just my opinion. Give them some reps, see what they can do. Maybe there's a guy who's playing special teams that you'll put onto the field in, his, in a regular position and give him a shot. I don't have any answers that the experts don't already have, and that would be the coaching staff. I do believe Shane Steichen is a good offensive-minded coach, but I also believe he's got to have the talent to make his scheme work like any coach would, whether that be offensively or defensively. So when you say, what do we do next? Well, you play hard. You you prepare the best that you can. And certainly you hope that in one way or another you might be able to outcoach somebody in a moment that makes a difference in a ball game being a win versus a loss. Mm, indeed. Okay, so here we go. Um, let's just uh, stay with them, I guess. So, well, look, there are there are situations in sports in this market specifically that are frustrating. People obviously want a Super Bowl caliber team again. The Colts were spoiled, or the Colts fans were spoiled during previous eras when they won 12 football games routinely and won a relatively weak division at the time. Now, certainly the same components are in that division as far as the the teams. That landscape hasn't changed. But Jacksonville is greatly improved with a franchise quarterback. So certainly there's a difference there. Tennessee is down because they've had some injuries, but – their draft pick, a guy that I thought the Colts might take as far as Will Levis from Kentucky, threw for four touchdowns last mm-hmm. Sunday. So that's a different dynamic for them in terms of Ryan Tannehill being injured. I do believe the Texans will continue to improve under C.J. Stroud, but right now they are what they are. So is this division still up for grabs? I don't think so. I think Jacksonville will win it. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe the Colts – should just simply write off this season. There's a lot they can prove on the field. There's a lot they can prove to themselves. Mm-hmm. And you may find that a guy that you've got languishing on the bench is a player. So if he gets some reps and shows what he can do, perhaps you find something there. But I, I think the fans have uh, were a, real, a bit unrealistic this year. I do believe a lot of people thought Anthony Richardson was an immediate impact player. We're not going to know that for a while. We saw a very small sample size not enough to determine if he was or was or was not going to be an impact player for them in the long term. You just hope that he ha- he recovers physically. That's the biggest question for this franchise right now is that young man's right shoulder and can he come back and play at the type of level that they thought he was capable of when they drafted him. So mm-hmm. that's something you're going to have to watch, but we're not going to find out about that for some time. Yeah, have you heard anything? Has he had he's had the no. surgery yet? I know he's had the surgery. 
they always you get the same mo. Yeah, he had the surgery. Surgery, surgery was completed and everything went as planned, and and mm-hmm. and hopefully that is the case. Mm-hmm. He's young. Hopefully he is uh, a good healer. Mm-hmm. But I just caution anybody who doesn't feel this way to think accordingly. That's his throwing shoulder. That's how he makes a living throwing the football. And if that's not right, it doesn't matter who you are. You're not going to be successful in terms of throwing the football. But let's hope that the surgical repair was great and the recovery will be on time and he'll be ready to go in training camp uh, when they line it up you know, next July. Your Indiana Pacers have a winning record after three. Yeah, I don't believe they've played anybody mm-hmm. daunting yet, but you want to you win every game in the first month of the season. Uh, they looked pretty decent against Washington on opening night. They gave they put 146 up, but I was more concerned about the fact they let a team of that caliber score 120 points on them in their own building. Yes, they won by 20-plus points. That's the, that's the bottom line, but uh, I just felt like there were too many – opportunities to, you know, hold Washington down even further than they did. In fact, Washington outplayed them in the first quarter, and the Pacers got it in gear and did what they had to do to take care of business. They went to Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell didn't play. That's a big part of the Cleveland offense, but they did win that game, and it's always good to win a game on the road. And then they come back, and they kind of lay an egg last night in the fourth quarter as Chicago, who's a fairly strong team and well-coached by Billy Donovan, took care of them here, uh, you know, at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So they didn't get blown out by any stretch of the imagination. It was a close ball game. But I do believe that was a ball game they should have won at home. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find out. They play Boston tomorrow night on the road, and they come back for a five-game homestand. Let's check back in six games and see where they're at. But uh, so far we're seeing a couple of guys play the way we thought they would, the way we hoped they would. Halliburton's over 20 points a game and over 10 assists. Miles Turner statistically is averaging 10 rebounds a game. If that happens throughout the year for the course of the year on a total average, uh, they're going to make the playoffs. They are. If he averages 10 boards tonight, they're going to make the playoffs. But a lot of games left to be played. You hope people stay healthy. You hope people continue to buy into a system that is based on sharing the basketball with a number of good young players who can run the floor, who are many, many of them identical in terms of their skill set. So mm. I think the Pacer faithful have something to be hopeful for. And until uh, mm-hmm. proved differently, yeah. uh, they're a playoff contender. But uh, I said 41 and 41, which is 500 on the button, would make Rick Carlisle the coach of the year. I'll stick to that. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll stick to that. You'll stick to that one. By the way, speaking of Rick Carlisle, he did get a contract extension. Yeah, I saw that. Terms were not disclosed. I believe it's three years, $10 million a year, but I could be wrong about the dollar number, but I do believe it was a three-year extension. Wow. He was earning seven and a half. I believe he got a raise. I'll just say that. And I think it's a three-year term, but that'll come out. The information always comes out eventually, but I think it's safe to say he got a three-year deal, and he probably got a raise. The World Series. Uh, what do you think? Not not necessarily two teams that folks follow all the time, uh, but interesting. Well, Texas and I'm, Arizona. Hmm. I'm just happy about the geographical locations of the teams playing. Oh, the warm weather. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't be. That's one of the biggest things I've always thought 
was wrong about baseball. There's a lot wrong about baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, every stadium should have the same dimensions. You sh- I mean, basketball and football mm-hmm. are played on an identical size mm-hmm. playing surface. A basketball court and a football field is the same measurement no matter where you play. Baseball, you can have one diamond where it's 450 feet to center field and one diamond where it's 327 feet to right field versus opposite numbers in another stadium. I've never understood that. Don't get me started on the designated hitter rule. That's just another faux pas on their part at the time anyway. But geographically, the World Series, these are the biggest games of the year. Why shouldn't they be played in 40-degree weather at night? They shouldn't be. But sometimes they are based on the East Coast location. Uh, they've been snowed out before, Danny. I, yeah, <laughs> just It's not, it's not a good thing, but to your point, these are two interesting teams that are certainly talented. You know, if you don't follow baseball closely, you won't mm-hmm. know much about these two teams, but they both had splendid regular seasons, and they got hot in the playoffs as well. I did not think the Arizona Diamondbacks had a chance to win the pennant. They did. Mm-hmm. I did think Texas had a chance, and they did. But uh, it's been entertaining to watch, uh, and, you know, I, I couldn't tell you who's going to win this thing. I have no idea. No, you really don't? Okay. Well, uh, for, the, for the record, the Rangers, Texas Rangers, are leading. Yeah, I'll give them the slight edge because they seem to have a little bit more pop in their bat. But uh, mm-hmm. considering I didn't think Arizona had a chance and they're in the mix, we can't write them off. No, no. That's what's fun about all of it, isn't it? So what, what do you got coming up? What's going on? Well, I'm, I'm looking at uh, some things with the Colts that uh, – that I think are some things they might be able to do in the off-season. And I'm writing about that a little bit. And uh, certainly the NBA is upon us. And uh, there's always something to write about there. The, the James Harden trade this morning didn't surprise me, but I have to wonder what the Clippers are thinking to take on that type of an individual who is extremely talented on the basketball floor but has difficulties when he's not playing. And that, by that meaning – being a good teammate, uh, mm-hmm. not pouting when you don't get the basketball, things of that nature. You've got some high-profile personalities and, and big egos on that team. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, and Michael Westbrook. Mm-hmm. If those four were healthy and could share the basketball and play with the same type of intensity on the defensive end of the floor as they do on the offensive end, You'd have something special. I do believe Tyrone Liu is an underrated basketball coach. I think he does a good job. But they gave up quite a bit of their bench to get Harden. Harden's just had difficulty getting along with whomever or wherever he's been. Is he a talented player still? I think so. I think his best role for them would be off the bench. He's not going to listen to that at all. He's going to demand to start, and he probably will. But uh, over time, I don't think that unit's going to be able to make it happen I don't think George and Westbrook, I'm sorry, George and Leonard can stay healthy. That's the big thing. But time will tell. Uh, Mm. They've got a new arena they're moving into next year. So if they could put something together and make a deep playoff run, that would be good for business. Indeed, indeed. All righty. Well, thank you very much. Danny, you have a column coming out this week in the recorder? Uh, I will have something coming out pertaining to the Colts. But uh, I would like to say two things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next or actually one thing, everybody get out and vote next week. Our mayoral election is important. Don't be 
shall we say, overly influenced by ads. Do the research on the candidates for any time you would ever vote. You would always want to do the research and vote your conscience based on those findings rather than what you might see on a television set. Yeah. Uh, do your do your homework, basically. Do your homework. Absolutely. Do the home- take the time. It, it doesn't take that long with, a, with the power of the Internet and statistics being out there. And uh, Don't listen to the parties. Don't listen to the candidates. Listen to the facts. There you go. All right, Danny, and until next time, I thank you kindly. I surely do. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all the time we have for right now for Community Connection. Uh, Programming reminder, we are going to be live at the Moselle Sanders fundraising luncheon at Georgia's on Thursday. We'll tell you more about that tomorrow. And then again, live from Georgia's on Thursday. Uh, We are always praise AM 1310 and 95.1 FM Indy's inspiration. Don't forget about our website, praiseindy.com. Willie Moore Jr. on the radio is up next. Everyone have a happy, safe, and warm uh, Halloween. Uh, We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Until then, be safe, be well. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection.